And welcome to the post-game wrap show. Earlier this morning, Texas knocking off Mississippi State 8-5. to five. We had a two-and-a-half-hour rain delay, and uh, Texas hit a three-run home run at the top of the ninth inning. Ivan Melendez with the three-run bomb after we had tied it in the bottom of the eighth inning. Bart Gregory, Charlie Winfield, we're here in the Bank First Studios in downtown Startville. And so let's talk about this one. What it does is it forces a game tonight, 6 o'clock, the winner of, te- of Texas and Mississippi State will go to the College World Series Finals, and they will take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. And, Charlie, I guess this is a topic I guess we need to jump in on before we get into our game a little bit, is how NC State played yesterday, 13, 14 players. You've heard different scenarios of how many different guys they used. But nonetheless, they played with you know a very limited roster yesterday in game one against Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt having to beat NC State twice. Vandy uses Kumar Rocker. It was a tight ball game, first and foremost. I can't imagine the feeling right now, not just of the players at NC State, but the fan base. Could you imagine if this this happened to us? Could you imagine the fan base? Could you imagine – just everyone associated, you get to the College World Series and you're in the final four, and then all of a sudden you have that taken away at the drop of a hat. We sometimes joke about things being a the most Mississippi State thing I've ever seen. You know, when something goes wrong, we got this idea of here we are, things going against us again. I can't imagine because, look, NC State has a very good argument going home that they're the best team in this tournament. And – Mississippi State's got the argument. I get that. But I'm saying, you look over that bracket, NC State's really good. And keep in mind, they and had And they're the, hot. And they had, and that's probably the better way to say it. They're the hottest team in the tournament. That's a team that beat Arkansas two out of three at Arkansas to even get here. And then they play with just a half of a team yesterday and play Vanderbilt to a 3-1 game, I guess it was. I mean, look, that was a good baseball team. And Vanderbilt would have had their hands full today and – I didn't really expect them to win the ball game today if NC State would have gotten guys cleared the way it was being talked about last night. And I know we've got to talk about our game. But the one thing that is frustrating – no, no, no. A thing, one of many things that is frustrating to me right now is that what changed during the course of that game in 1 a.m. that this decision couldn't have been made earlier, that it could have been known earlier, because it arguably affects the way we play. It arguably affects how you manage our game. And it probably, I won't say probably, it does affect how Vanderbilt approached things yesterday. Yeah, that's the the thing that stands out, Charlie, is one is the NCAA is getting killed right now. And a lot of times, deservedly so. And, and And I'm the world's worst, even though, you know, what what we do, I'm the world's worst at times. And there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. We don't know about the testing procedures and how that happened or what went through that that that. But I, I can tell you this by looking at the manual, everything is spelled out pretty clean, and everything is spelled out about if you have positive tests or what has to happen and what is going to happen, especially with unvaccinated players. And I'm not getting in. We're not getting into politics. We're not talking about whether you should you know get vaccinated or not. Not not on this show. But there's just so much we don't know to know that if the NCAA made a bad decision or what, their, or if their policies they put in place and the steps that they took to get to this point were flawed in any way. We don't know that. 
the other thing that we do know, because there was a lot of talk yesterday about the D1 baseball committee making decisions. And so one of the first things that comes to mind, right, is John Cohen is on that committee. One of the things I know, John Cohen was not a part of any of these decisions. You say, how do you know that? Because he's recused. If you're representing Mississippi State, Texas, Vandy, if you're in this tournament, you're up there and your perks for being on the committee or you get to go to the hospitality room and grab a sandwich. Okay? <laughs> it's funny you say that because I kind of made that joke the other day. I kind of made that joke the other day about, hey, John's doing a good job drawing us up. He's doing a good job of drawing this up. And then was, and Bo was like, well, you know, John can't – Bo, I, hey, I know. I, 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 was, I was being facetious. Sometimes I make jokes and people don't think I'm making jokes. Yes, I know. That's that, like yesterday when I put on Twitter that uh, don't worry, the NCAA's got this all under control. And I had people responded back to me. <laughs> How could you say that? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, so, hey, you bring up an interesting point, And this is something I haven't, been, I haven't seen at all. And we all like to hate on Vanderbilt. Yes. And and it's a lot of times warranted. And Charlie and I is well documented that we have said some things and will continue to say some things about that program doing things that they're just better than. But how would you feel if you're Tim Corbin? How would you feel if you're Tim Corbin right now? And I know, hey, this is a point that nobody wants to make. And I, I'm, I'm not saying a stand behind it, okay? I'm saying I, – I've prefaced this enough, have I not – how would you feel that if you find out at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or whatever, and I know they, they dumped it at 1 o'clock, 1 a.m. this morning, how would you feel if you, it came out and said, hey, due to contact tracing, due to positive tests, that NC State is going to have to, you know, have to go home and we're going to earn the right to go? If you're Tim Corbin, I know because if it was Mississippi State, I would be sitting there saying, why couldn't y'all have figured this out before I just threw my best pitcher? That's I, Vanderbilt apologist Bart Gregory. You can tweet him <laughs> at no, Bart Gregory. I'm just Let saying. Let him know that you appreciate his stance in favor of the <laughs> Vanderbilt Commodores and I'm their not, program that has been so unfairly put down and trodden upon here this week. Did you see the picture from behind home plate of like the 30 Vanderbilt guys down the first baseline and the 13 for NC State down the third baseline? And somebody tweeted, it's like, this is the most accurate depiction of scholarships in baseball that you could possibly get. Yeah. I thought that was a phenomenal picture. We're going to take a team who already has a competitive competitive advantage and give them an even greater competitive advantage. But here's the thing, Bart. Let, let's not play out next week because we still got to get there. You know, there's a big part of me that woke up today just really mad about Vanderbilt and saying we're in a real hole against them in a three-game series. Okay. We got to get there, and if we don't beat Texas today, none of this matters to us. No, it doesn't. So now you turn to Will Bednar, and so Will Bednar is going to pitch. There's so many rabbit holes I want to go down uh, right now. I was in a car coming over here a little while ago, and I'm listening to ESPNU Radio, the the Saturday morning college sports radio in the morning. Tim Coe, Tim Ken, or whatever Nicole Arbach, and and they're talking about last night. And what they're talking about is, and the guy says, I can't, you know, people are talking about the NC State and the Vanderbilt and talking about Mississippi State and Texas. And they say, well, Ty Madden's going to pitch against Texas. I can't believe Will Bednar is not pitching and setting up the matchup of Bednar and Madden again last night. He said, I can't believe that. I don't, I don't understand why you don't do that. And here's, here's what I was thinking is – Therein lies the problem. 
therein lies one of the problems in sports, especially in baseball, because it's not as followed. And I hate to say it like this, but when you're drinking dirty water, you don't know the difference. You don't know the difference in dirty water and clean water. And if I'm a guy in Jackson, Mississippi, and I decide to turn it on this morning when I'm headed to get some, you know, get some mulch, man, I tell you what, I can't believe we didn't throw bed. The guy on ESPN last night said he can't believe we didn't throw bed in the It's poor. It is poor talent. It's a un- not understanding life of baseball. There is no way. There was a 3% chance in the world you throw Will Bettinar in that game. And then Nicole Arbach, and I'm, she says, well, I played a lot of softball before. Yeah. Let, me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you this. Softball and baseball are two different sports. And I, so I go back to the point, and you know, I saw a lot of guys tweeting last night about Landon Sims and Tag Gummit. We're going to get there in a very short time tweeting about Landon Sims and about how you got to pitch Landon Sims in a 5-5 game. Guys, let me tell you something. There's a lot of people that are, that yell loud, and they're wrong. They're, 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 they're wrong. <laughs> there is no way that you pitched Will Bednar yesterday. And, again, no. I go back to something you said on one of our earlier broadcasts, and maybe this was when we were on with Jason Crowder, our friend at WFCA. We were on the pregame show last night. Who, by the way, carries our Out of Left Field show every Thursday night. We're very appreciative of our fine friends at WFCA 107.9 in French Camp, Mississippi. Yeah, they've been really good to us. And you made the statement, you know what, we've got some runner-up trophies in the case. I don't want any more. I'm playing to win the whole thing. If you were playing to be, to be the runner-up, why not? But if you had stolen a win last night, and not use Sims, and not use Bednar, and now you roll over into next week, whether Vanderbilt gets the free pass or not, there's nothing you can say. You, you, you got McLeod ready. You got Bednar ready. You got Sims ready. You got them all fully rested, and you're either going to win it or you're not. That was your great opportunity. But if you throw Bednar yesterday, everything is off. And so, and you got to keep in mind, too, you earned the right – to be in the winner's bracket. You earn the right for Texas to have to come back and beat you twice, and it's okay to manage like it. Absolutely. So then comes the point, and I just brought it up a moment ago, about Landon Sims. And so what happens last night, we're – and we can go back through this whole ball game. There are so many different things that stand out to me. You know, the walks are so big. You know, losing the fly ball to start the inning you know, is, is big. But you end up tying the ball game to the bottom of the eighth inning. Brad Cumbus, great at bat, comes up looking the other way, and he goes the other way. We talked about this last week. Brad Cumbus is becoming a better hitter because he's willing to go the other way now. Single to right field, you drive in two runs, you tie the ball game at five. Landon Sims is down there for one reason. That's if you get the lead. That's if you get the lead. That's the only reason he is in the bullpen at that time is if you get the lead. So we get the bases loaded. Rowdy Jordan pops up. We'll talk about all these scenarios in a minute. And then now the question becomes, why didn't you bring Landon Sims out of the bullpen? Charlie, I've, I've texted this morning, and, and this, these are not the obvious people. I'm, I, I try to leave the obvious people out. I don't, I don't text the Burroughs and the Butch and all these guys. I've texted four different coaches this morning. We've talked to four different college coaches this morning. And I've talked to another one, so make it five. Okay, and, and said, okay, here's the scenario – do you bring in Landon Sims last night? And all five, 
guys that make their living in college baseball, in Division One college baseball, in the highest division of college baseball, all said 100% unequivocally, absolutely not. You never bring that guy in in that situation because – and I was like, okay, okay, let's flip the page a little bit. What if – what if I said, well, why don't you bring him in for an inning? I'm, Hey, I'm completely in the corner of you don't bring him in there. And I tweeted that last night, and I had to watch a lot of people tweet me back, and I'm not going to engage. I mean, you can have your thoughts. That's fine. I'm not going to argue with you. That's okay. And I said, okay, what about you pitch him one inning and then, you know, see, see if you can win it in the bottom of the ninth inning. And the guy was like, so why would you do that? I said, well, because you want to win that game and save Bednar. Well, I mean, if if you put the onus on last night, if you say that's A number one, then you're not pulling him out in the ninth inning. So what if you're tied going to the tenth? And then you have the same scenario happen in the tenth inning. You've got those same same people. I didn't say they got the same people saying the exact same thing. There's no way. Absolutely no. So if you're gonna throw him out there, you throw him nine to twelve. You better be ready to, ready to burn the horse. If you if you bring Landon Sims in last night, there's no situation where you bring him in for an inning. You just don't do that. And that's according to college baseball well, coaches. All right. So, now, we're in the business sometimes, though, of disagreeing with college baseball coaches. We are. They and, do a lot of things that I don't agree with. And, hey, let me tell so you I, this. So, I don't want to give – And I'm not being antagonistic toward people who – have a different view. I'm not. You've showed up going after the people who disagree with you, supporting Vanderbilt. I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> so, no, look, I, I'll go back because I have to be fair. I, w- I got a message from a friend of ours going into the inning and said, do you pitch Sims here? And I said, I don't. So I'm not going to sit here now and say we should have. One of the things that we have to do is remember that when decisions are made, you don't have the benefit of hindsight. We didn't know what was going to happen. We did know, however, that we have been good in the bullpen. We were good out of the bullpen against Virginia all the way through. We also know that ultimately we are not going to win the College World Series with Will Bednar and Landon Sims pitching every inning that we pitch. It, it doesn't work that way. That's exactly right. And so we have talked all year. What's, what's the thing we heard all offseason? We got a good bullpen. We got a good bullpen. We got a good bullpen. All right then you got to be able, willing and able to use that bullpen. Here's the bottom line. You had guys that you counted on, and it didn't work. And you can say, well, you know what, why do you have Parker Stinnett in there? Why do I put Parker Stinnett in there? Maybe I'll be fair, maybe I don't. But here's what you've got. Texas is a team that hasn't dealt well with velocity. Stinnett's got some velocity up in the zone. He left one down as a bad pitch. Got hit it. We said it in the pre, you know, with Jason yesterday. We said this in the pregame. We talked about this in the pregame. Jason asked the question, and I have to give him credit for asking a, a good question because sometimes he doesn't ask good questions. <laughs> There's no such thing as dumb questions. There's just dumb people that ask questions. Um, but we love Jason. What do you do on the backside of Houston Harding? And we said Preston Johnson. Well, what do you do late? Because we were operating on the assumption that you probably don't see Landon Sims just because he's pitched so much. And you've got to remind yourself, two days before, he's throwing all sliders because he's topping out at 88, okay? And we said Parker Stanett or Cade Smith because of that thought of velocity. Texas does not like high velo. They don't like it, especially up in the zone. 
And so I had no problem. I thought it was a flip of the coin of whether you bring in Cade Smith or Parker Stinnett. And I think Heads probably landed on Parker Stinnett and you bring him in the game. Now, I would not have started the inning with Brandon Smith. I said that at the time. I'm not knocking Brandon Smith. I'm just not starting the inning with him right there. And But here's the bottom line, okay? It's easy to say we lost because of a home run. And I'm going to take issue with that. You know why we lost? We lost because we walked nine guys. And more times yes. than not, they scored. Yes. And that's not on just on Stinnett. It's not just on Smith. Everybody that we sent across the mound yesterday walked somebody. And all those walks came back to hurt us. What was it? Six of the runs that scored were walks? I think that's right. Six of the eight runs that scored were walks. You know, Houston Harding didn't have a walk into what the fourth inning. Then he walked a couple, ran out of gas. Every pitcher we had walked somebody. Preston Johnson walked one. Cam Tuller walked one. Chase Patrick, who never walks anybody, walks one. Brandon Smith walked two. Stanett walked two. Cade Smith walked two. I mean, everybody came. It was just one of those nights where it seemed like and, – and, and, it's and, it's and it's not the fault of the home plate umpire, but Perry Costello, I, I still have no idea what it was a strike last night. Well, if it's between the lines, it's in play. Maybe, maybe not. I, I mean, I, It's in play. Whether it's going to happen or not, you don't know. These pitchers are too good to give them that much space. Let's just call the real strike zone. But I thought Houston Harding threw a couple right there, a uh, ball out that, yeah. in, in some big situations. But I'm not, I'm not getting any umpiring there. So I want to go back to a couple of the comments that I got. And, again, um, I'm, I'm not going to second-guess somebody for doing what I said I would do. It didn't work. I get that. And, again, we don't have the hindsight. But one of the arguments that was being made in favor of using Landon Sims was that if we hold them in the top of the ninth, we're going to win it in the bottom. And the reason we were going to win it in the bottom is because we had Tanner Allen, then Cameron James, and then you've got Hancock, Logan Tanner. I go back to something we've talked about before. These guys aren't video game players. It's not automatic. It's still the probability in play. Because how many people in that mindset would have said, and I'm not knocking the guy, but, hey, if we can get bases loaded at the bottom of the eighth, Rowdy's about to win this thing. It, it doesn't happen just because we think it will happen. And if we're so sure we were going to score in the bottom of that inning, why didn't we? We got Tanner Allen on base. We didn't score. Yeah. And, hey, we're brought to you by some great, great sponsors, people we believe in. And, once again, we're in the Bank First studios in downtown Startwell. Bank First, a better way to bank. They've got locations throughout the state of Mississippi and into Alabama. They're they're based out of Columbus. They used to be based out of Macon, but they're based out of Columbus. And uh, Moat Griffin and Marcus Mallory, we've talked about those guys a good bit, and just a great job they do banking. Dennis Bach here in Startwell, who's the Startwell president. I saw Dennis just yesterday at, at lunch, and just tremendous, tremendous person. And so that's the thing is you're banking with great people, and they do a phenomenal job with their customer service, but they're also, I mean, they, they're they're blowing and going in the commercial market right now. The, the mortgage department is really getting strong. They're a growing bank. And so Bank First, and we're in the Bank First studios. All right, Charlie, so looking back at this game, and you see how Texas comes out of the gate in the first inning. Zubia hits the home run to right field. It wasn't a bad pitch. It was just a guy going the other way, hitting the home run. I thought we did a good job of coming back in the bottom of the first inning. You get the leadoff single from Rowdy. You get the single from Cameron James driving him in. You get the single from Logan Tanner. And you kind of had Ty Madden on the ropes right there. 
And then he's able to get the double play ball. I thought the double play ball was the reprieve. They already had somebody in the bullpen. And it's almost like that was the one thing. And, hey, you know, you can't look at a guy and say, hey, don't hit into a double play. Usually on a double play ball, it's a ball's hit well. It's a ball's hit hard. And that's what DeBrule did. He hit a ball hard right at the second baseman. And you had him on the ropes. And how many times do we say it about good pitchers? that if you're going to get them, you get them early. Because if they ever ever settle in, if they ever find that release point with that slider, then they're different. And Ty Madden, you know, from the, the second inning until the eighth inning, was a top ten draft pick. You had so much good contact early that it felt like Madden didn't have it. And he found it. And he, he just was, as you said, he just settled in. And we just couldn't get anything going in those middle innings, and then the ability of Texas just kind of add to, add to, and all of a sudden you find yourself down. And it looked like I didn't give us a whole lot of chance to come back, but somehow we were able to put something together. You know, it's tied at two going to the top of the fifth inning, get the leadoff walk to Hodo, which, you know, the walks were was such a killer. And, yeah, you had four walks. Four of the eight runs were got guys got on base via a walk, four of the eight. So you had the leadoff walk to Hodo right there in the fifth inning, and you could tell Houston Harding. I mean, he he was he was on the end of the rope. You get the sack bunt, and then another walk to the nine hole hitter. So you've walked the seven hole hitter and the nine hole hitter there. You've got Tuller in the bullpen, a left hander. We come out for a visit, and so then you're pitching to Mike Antico, left handed hitter at the top of the order. Gets a first pitch breaking ball that hangs over the plate, hits it right off the end of the bat. He hit it off the end of the bat. It's not like you squared it, got it in the center field, you drive it in the run, you take the lead. I thought at that point, you know, about Houston, that's the third trip through the order. He went just two trips through the order against Notre Dame. It was almost like we really were trying to get just that one more inning out of him, and that probably cost us. We were trying to stretch him probably two-thirds more than he really was ready to go. I thought at the time, and I've gone back and looked at it, and the ball was not hit as well as I thought it was. But at the time, just watching it live action, I was a little bit critical of our dugout because I thought we let Houston Harding fight his way to stay in the game. And it goes back to this idea of, uh, you know, you can say, well, that's a guy who wanted the ball. That was a guy being competitive. But it was also a guy who was at the top of the order struggling with walks. And I thought when we let him stay in the game, it was – I don't know. I thought we let him make the decision from the mound. It's like letting the quarterback say, say, hey, let's go for it on fourth down and three. After we didn't make it on third and three. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I agree with that. So, you know, you play it out. You're, you're down five to two. I thought Texas scoring the two runs in the seventh inning was massive. You know, Faltine leading, Faltini leading off that inning with a double – the pop fly in the center field. I can't remember. I was just trying to think about this last night. This is not to not rowdy at all. I mean, things like this happen. I've seen it happen to really good to center fielders. I can't remember a time where balls have been lost in Omaha because we've seen it at our ballpark. This These new age of lights that have the covers over the top, and once the ball goes above the lights, there's nothing shining on the ball, and so sometimes you lose that ball. I'm trying to think about the lights at Omaha. I think the lights at Omaha are pretty standard. Of Even if they go above – the lights is still kind of in play. And so I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, what was going on there. I don't know if he's trying to check a defense right there. I don't know what's going on. 
and you lose the ball right there, and then all of a sudden it's a 5-2 game. And that just starts that two-run seventh inning. Pushing it from 3-2 to two to 5-2 to two was big for Texas right there. Yeah, and it just continues to put pressure on your pitching staff too because you get a strikeout right after that with a nine-hole hitter Ardwan. But if you've got two down coming to the top of the order of the Antico, it's a different ball game, right? But then it's just so difficult to pitch around a leadoff guy in scoring position. And it was especially tough for us last night to deal with guys who got on base in the leadoff position all night because they all seemed to score. And so then Kennedy gets on with a walk right after Antico. That's when we go to the bullpen and bring out you know Cam Tuller. And, and he walks Kennedy right there. And then you later score in the inning on an RBI from Ivan Melendez. Kennedy's a guy, and we talked about this the other day, where half of his hits have been infield singles. Walking guys like that are the guys that come back to bite you, the guys that can really run. It's like Enrique Bradfield for Vanderbilt. How many times that guy walked and gotten on base? It's like walking to a triple. And and so you're pounding the zone. If, if you give up a hit to Kennedy – Tip your hat and say, here you go, but you can't walk the guy. Because right it's there. a guy this year, keep in mind, with Kennedy, we talked about him coming in. Of his 55 hits on the season, only 26 had left, excuse me, 26 had not left the infield. Yes, half of his hits are in the infield. So, okay, you get the 5 2 lead, you go to the bottom of the eighth inning, and let's talk positive for a minute. You get the leadoff double from Tanner Allen to set the table. Hancock drew a really good walk. Logan Tanner, another good at bat, working the count full, takes that breaking ball down and away, that slider down and away. And then Scotty DeBrule draws the bases loaded walk as well. But Brad Cummins coming to the plate, new pitcher coming in the game, goes the other way, singles, drives in a pair. Kellum Clark, I thought that was one of the big at bats. I thought yes. that was a really big at bat right there. We got first and second and one out. To me, that that the one out going to two outs is such a big at bat. And then Kellum, you know, strikes out there. You got Tanner Leggett up. Hey, if if you're Texas, we talked about that just a moment ago about walking Kennedy. I mean, if you're Texas, walking Leggett's the same situation right there. I mean, that's a bad walk for Texas. It is. But you get the bases loaded, Rowdy Jordan at the plate. I thought he had a big swing. I thought he had a really big swing. May have tried to do a little bit too much. You're in that moment. Crowd's in it a little bit. Sometimes you get a bigger swing, and that's how you get under a ball like that. I thought Kellum had some big swings, yeah, and that's to be expected. And I thought Rowdy did too. And you know, you go back and you say it's so easy to pick up one thing. And I tell people all the time that there's a difference between the last play of the game and the the plays that make a difference. Because there's a dozen plays that could change this game. Oh, absolutely. Either way. And so you don't want to go too much. But that was a huge opportunity missed for us to put one more. You know, you hate to be greedy because you tied it up. But one more run, and you are going to Landon Sims. And there is no debate. And then we're probably sitting here today talking about Vanderbilt. So you go to the ninth inning. You've got the top of the order up for Texas. Brandon Smith on the mound. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think every pitch in that at bat was a fastball. So you're missing you're missing with fastballs. To me, that's the bad thing about a lot of these walks, and even Parker Stanett and Cade Smith too in the ninth inning. It's not about just missing, you know, barely outside and Texas having good at bats. You had big misses. So the question becomes with the backside of Parker Stanett, Cade Smith, pretty much Parker Stanett, who's out there pitching in the rain. 
You wonder about footing. You wonder about the grip, the moment. Everything is going on. You've got a lot of adversity you're trying to deal with right there, but you're having big, big misses. And in all those walks, you had, man, five walks in the ninth inning. You had five walks. Now, two of them hurt you. The walk to Zubia right before you get to Melendez. And you get the – to me, that entire at-bat was set up by falling behind 3-0 and then you're fighting your way back to get engaged in the at-bat. And I thought Kyle Peterson brought it up nicely last night. I still like – I like Kyle. I really like Kyle Naboo. A fastball up to Melendez and a fastball down to Melendez – are two completely different pitches. He just missed his spot. He missed his spot. It was a fastball. It was going to be a strike. It was knee high. It was down and in. It came right in the power source. And Melendez, the guy just ran it out. Tip your hat. There you go. Good job. I thought coming in and finishing out that ninth of not letting it get even further was big. And then we go to the ninth, and then we get the leadoff guy on. But then a fly out, then a walk. And then, you know, Logan Tanner last night. Logan had the RBI single in the first, and he really didn't look comfortable at all the rest of the way, even though he drew that walk in the eighth inning. He, he did he had, had some swings that were not very confident swings. So just looking through last night, I think it's just a game where there was a lot of big moments and he just got beat, and I think all the walks is what finally caught up with you. And we've seen that. We, we've seen one or two games here where walks will kill you. I mean, how many times are you going to walk nine and win? I mean, to me, if you just pick up the stat sheet, yeah. if you throw out for a moment the play-by-play, if you hand me nothing but the stats for the game, that just leaps off the page. That's not who we are. That's not what we do. But we come out in the ball game, and I said we walked nine. We walked 11. Yeah, we walked 11. Yeah, we walked nine before the home run. Right. So we walk 11, strike out nine. You brought up the stats, and our stats are brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. Maroon and White Realty on Star Avenue and Startville. Well, Sterling Dahl and those guys, they know everything that's going on in the real estate market. They work very well with other realtors in the area. Just good folks, just good people. And so if you're looking to, to buy some condos, looking for property management, if you're looking for something for your son or daughter coming to school here, if you're looking for something for you, if you're looking for a game day home, whatever, Anything in the real estate market, it's popping and starting right now like it is in a lot of different places. You got to look. You got to look. So you need somebody working for you that knows what they're doing, and that's Sterling Dahl and Maroon and White Realty, and they bring you our stats. And Tico at the top of the lineup, he was two for four in the game. Then you have Melendez in the cleanup spot who hit the big home run. He had four RBIs. He was two for five. Texas had eight hits total in the game. So those were the only two guys that had multiple hits. Zubia was one for three with that one home run. Daly, the second baseman, was one for four. Hodo was one for two. He walked a couple of times. And then uh, you had one for one for Faltini. And Faltini struck out twice. Uh, Excuse me, he was one for three. Williams last night, the third baseman, walked three times. So you just can't put guys on base. It goes back to the point. Hey, Texas walked eight. Madden went six innings. Gives up two runs, both earned on four hits, and the runs came in the first inning. Struck out 80, walked three. And then Witt comes in, an inning and a third, gives up three runs on one hit, no strikeouts and three walks. And then Nixon, their closer, their big-time closer. I mean, Texas has shot some bullets now. When you start thinking about tonight later on, Nixon goes an inning and two-thirds. They bring him back after the rain delay. No runs, one hit, one strikeout, two walks. And so – Texas used some guys. 
So let me point out one thing on the stats, Bart, as you're going through these. We had talked earlier about the walks. I was saying nine walks earlier. It was 11. It was nine before I got uh, got a nap, okay? so it, You didn't stay it, up all the way through? I came back, but I, I didn't stay. I, I, had to, <laughs> I had to get a little rebound there. So it was nine when it still mattered. It ends up being 11. Four of those guys for Texas go on to score. Yep. For Mississippi State, we had two of our guys who reached by walks. Two of the eight. Two yeah. of the eight. And both those guys scored in that eighth inning. Yeah. So for, for us, Rowdy was one for five. Tanner Allen was one for five. Cameron James was one for four. Logan Tanner was one for four. Cumbus was one for four. Forsyth, one for two. We had six hits in a game. Did not have a player that had multiple hits in a game. So the final line totals, Texas, eight runs, eight hits. Commit two errors, leave ten on the bases. We had five runs on six hits. No runs and ten left on the bases. I would and one extra base hit. We've been talking about pitching. We've been talking about pitching, but this is one of those games as well. And hey, we've seen great pitching in the College World Series. We've seen Madden twice. We've seen McGarry. You're seeing the elite pitching in the country right now, and that's what you've seen the first three games that you played in Omaha. But you know, five runs on six hits. We talk about pitching. We we got to get we got to get more production. We've got to get more production. So you look at pitching wise, Houston Harding went four and two thirds. I thought Houston gave you all he had, man. He went three innings, uh, four and two thirds, gave up three runs, four hits, four strikeouts, two walks, seven flyouts, three groundouts. He threw eighty two pitches. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Houston Harding doing that. Preston Johnson was good out of the pen again. One and two thirds, one run, one hit, two strikeouts, and a walk. Tuller. Didn't get anybody out. He faced two batters. He gave up a hit and a walk. And then uh, Chase Patrick, a third of an inning. Brandon Smith actually took the loss last night. He went an inning and two-thirds, one run, no hits, and then the one strikeout and two walks. That's been the big key for Brandon, I think, over the last half of the season is the walks and just the the lack of control with a fastball. I think that's the thing that's really putting behind the eight ball – Brandon has to get early action with sink. He can't be behind. He can't be 2-0. He can't be 3-1. He can't be 2-1. You've got to win the even counts. You've got to win the 0-0 count. You've got to win the 1-1 count. You've got to win the 2-2 count. You've got to win those counts. Yeah, and go back to our hitters. We didn't win those counts at the plate yesterday for the most part either. No. You know, we had a lot of 2-0 counts that we didn't take advantage of early in the ballgame. Chris Lamonis, in fact, talked about that when they were interviewing him during the game. By the way, I won't go off on that rant. Who needs those? Um, but that's a waste of time. A Complete waste of time. And a distraction to the teams. It's unfair. And in any event, better than somebody t- trying to tell you about their softball experience, I suppose. Or about somebody's mama work, walking in the talking about the, the team hitting. Go ahead. Or the snow cone. I, I get it. But anyway, um, I, I laughed. I'll say this. I did laugh. Um because, look, you and I, we get it. It's one thing in a midweek game when you're playing nickel state, right? Now and then you just, in a 22 game, you, you got to talk about something else. Oh, we have. Absolutely. And, we do it all the time in non-conference games. Yeah, but if you go back and watch a conference game in a game that matters, you don't hear a word of that. And then the second thing I would say is I was laughing because Carl Ravitch at one point yesterday says, well, back in action on the field, 
because it's like, a, you know, I've been gone for a few minutes. And it's like somebody realized we got to swerve back between the lines here. Uh, let's get back to the game. Um, let's bring it back to sports. So I will say this. I think it would be unfair as you go through these stats to put this loss on any one person. Nobody had multiple hits. We had plays that weren't clean. We had guys that didn't take advantage of two O counts. None of our pitchers were clean. They all – and I, I'm not – I'm not down on anybody. We just got beat. We just didn't make the plays. It wasn't our day. And, it look, it is a huge loss. Oh, it's a massive loss. It is. It's a massive loss because now you got to bring Bednar back. We'll talk about that in a minute. It's time now for our Play of the Game brought to you by Maroon. I do this every time. I do it every time. Play of the Game is brought to you by two brothers. Two brothers smoke meats on University Drive. I've done this the last three shows. I'm giving Maroon and White Realty. I'm giving them too much credit. But I also have to give credit to the tacos. I have to give credit to the, the cheese fries. I have to give credit to the smoked wings, the two brothers. And they bring you our play of the game. Well, you know, my family's out of town today. And I feel like to get the good vibes going, I might just have to go belly up to a table at two brothers here in a little while and eat our way back into contention here. I bellied up to the bar the other day with Wit Wade. And I, I could not get out of I, I enjoy the heck out of Wit, of course. Long-time professor here. He's like a cult hero here in Starkville. And so the play of the game, what was your what was your play of the game, Charlie? The pop-up in the eighth with the bases loaded. Really? Yeah, and so – and I'm not – that's not a rowdy didn't get it done. No, this isn't critical. See, I felt bad because I was going to say the drop fly ball <laughs> start the <laughs> so, And so I'm, I'm, I'm not piling on there. Uh, and so – and the reason is this. Look, the odds are against you. I get it. You're going to get outs more time not, but you've got a guy a little bit on the ropes. And my thought was if you get a hit here, if you get a wild pitch here, if you get plunked with one, if anything goes the way of the offensive team, you've got Landon Sims coming in and you're going to win the game. It didn't work. And so you can come back and you can focus on the home run. You can focus on all these things. But if if you wanted Landon Sims in the ball game, we all agree, every single one of us, would agree that if you're up a run, you're pitching him. Okay. So oh, absolutely. For, forget all the debate should, shouldn't. I don't care if he's topping out at 82. Yeah, you're pitching him if you get a lead, and that was the spot to me. That was kind of the, the pivot point of the ball game. I'm going to go back to one I mentioned just a moment ago. I thought Texas's ability to get the double play and get out of the first inning. I think the game's completely different. If Scotty DeBrule gets a hit right there, and this is not, I go back to the point, this is not a knock at Scotty. This is a ball. Ball's hit well. Ball's hit well right at the second baseman. I mean, it's, you can't fault the guy. If that ball gets through, then Madden's probably out of the game. And then the game's a completely different game. Because the bullpen door opens early. The bullpen door opens early. And the game is completely different. I just thought that was huge. We'd already we had momentum. We had taken the lead, but you just didn't have a chance to really expand the lead. I thought that was big there of getting that double play and kind of keeping it at two to one was was massive. So that's our plays of the game brought to you by Two Brothers Smoke Meats. And so hey, we actually have a new segment today. A look ahead. We're going to look ahead to the Texas Longhorns in Mississippi State tonight. And this look ahead is brought to you by Mosquito Joe's of East Central Mississippi. Man, if you're in Meridian, if you're in Jackson, if you're in Startville, Charlie, I was on that show yesterday with you guys in the pregame, and what did I say? Hmm. A bird, a a mosquito the size of a bird just bit me in in the backyard. And, you know, their slogan is make outside fun again. 
and that's uh, that's what they are. And if, if you've never had your yard sprayed by guys that know what they're doing. Now, you have a lot of people who are in the in, a, in the extermination business that say, hey, we offer mosquito sprays, but these guys know what they're doing. It's called Mosquito Joe's, and they're all over East Central Mississippi. It's a growing brand. And, man, I tell you what, they, they come in. It's a completely vast difference of when they do spray and when I let them go, like, four or five weeks without. They also install those spraying systems that attach to your house, whether you have a screened-in porch, you have the deck area, whatever. They put all put all that in as well. So Mosquito Joes, uh, give them a call. Mosquito, see them in those yellow vans riding around all the time. So anyway, lime green, yellow, look for that van. But uh, hook them up in east-central Mississippi with Mosquito Joes. Uh, look ahead to today. Okay, we know what we got. We're going to throw Will Bednar. And I go back to the point. I go back to the point of what I listened to coming in on ESPNU about the College Sports Saturday about why you didn't pitch Will Bednar yesterday. Let me tell you this. If we had a viable option, I wouldn't pitch him today. All right, so that's a real interesting point of discussion. This isn't going to happen, okay? This is not going to happen. You're going to pitch Will Bednar. But if you if you were going to be a little edgy, if you were going to be that progressive – Riverboat gambling kind of coach. Do you run Christian McLeod out there today? Oh, I <laughs> tell me I hadn't thought about it. And I'm telling you, hey, let me tell you this: if 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 you're willing to be, if you're willing to go outside the box and say, that's the guy. I mean, <laughs> if if you want to come at me with analytics, well, the analytical moves to do this. Let me tell you something: analytics don't win everything. But if you want to look at the overall analytics. With lighter going on Monday for Vanderbilt, I mean, if if I had if I had confidence right now in Christian, if I had confidence, I mean, I, 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 we're gonna have to have him. We said this the other day, and so that's that's the point again. So, and again, I'm not advocating this. This is something to think about with your coffee, right? Yeah. Is is if you're going to win a College World Series, what are you gonna have to have at this point? You're gonna have to have Will Bednar win a game. You're going to have to have Houston Harding again. You are going to have to have Christian McLeod. And there's a decent chance that you're going to have to go look at somebody like a Jackson Fristo or somebody and say, look, kid, it's been a while. Yep, we need fastball uh, strikes. I need you. Yeah. I need you again. And so, look, let me – because I feel like we've been a little down today. Let me give you Let me give you my pep talk here, okay? I need I need the pep talk to give because I actually have something pep talk to give you. I have five positive words of wisdom going into tonight. Vanderbilt has been on the verge of elimination. Okay, they have not played great. They played half an NC State team yesterday with one of the best pitchers in the country beat them three one, and the other team had chances. If you can make it to the finals, you're still going to have a puncher's chance. Are you going to be favored? Absolutely not. Now, you can't win the finals if you don't get there, right? Yep. And it's pretty gutsy. It is pretty gutsy to say, I'm going to go ahead and play to win a tournament that I'm not yet in. Okay, we aren't in the finals yet. But let me give you this scenario. This may be more likely. If you have Bednar out there today and our bats come out and we jump up to a 6-1 lead, all right, we're hitting it. We got them on the ropes. We're up 6-1 as we go to the 6th. And then if you Bednar sitting at about eighty, and then they get a, a a four a seven run seventh inning, and then everybody's going to be wanting to run Chris 
Chris <laughs> Chris Lamont is out of town. And but that's the problem with being a fan. It's a problem with being me. Well, and, uh, so just, I go I go back to the point of if you're a fan that wanted. If you were a fan that said, we had to win last night and that's the only chance whatsoever, and if it was that important that you had to throw Landon Sims in the ninth inning, you're exactly the fan who says today, we start Christian McLeod. You're the, that's the same – you're the same exact – Okay, if you that's use, fair because if the idea is – If the, if the idea – say Bednar for the finals. If you're going to say Landon Sims is my guy in the ninth inning, then you have to say today that, well, that Christian McLeod's your guy today. No, I will say here's the one place you're wrong on that, and that is this, because as a fan, I'm entitled to look back and see something that didn't work and then complain about it. Okay, I know. So, yeah. Um, no. And before you say, I am in no way saying that we should start Christian McLeod today. Go ahead. No, but it's – It's fodder. It's something to talk about. Here's my thought is, and I know Texas A&M – hey, Texas A&M didn't play bad that weekend they came in here. And we ended up playing them, what, 30 innings? Played them a 12-inning game on a Friday. You know, played them the whole game on Saturday, whole game on Sunday. And here's what I look back to is we played that entire weekend and we used our starting that – was, that was when Bednar, McLeod, and Fristo, none of them got a good start. I think we used – out of 30 innings, we used those guys for 11. So we had to bullpen the heck out of three games. And it goes back to the point that you made a minute ago, Charlie. If we're going to win, we have got to we got to be able to use guys outside of those three horses or those two of Bednar and Landon Sims. We have the ability to bullpen some games. That's that's where I feel better about us than Vanderbilt. If you could get the lighter, man, and I know if you could get the lighter early, if you could get to him, then man, I like our bullpen situation a heck of a lot better than I like theirs. Yes. You know, Vanderbilt has not been great on the back end of things. They're not a perfect team. They have two really good guys, but at this point it's not supposed to be easy. I still believe in our bullpen. And as much as we may be upset that we blew one yesterday, they won a game for us against Virginia. Yep. They absolutely and put their shoulders and won a game. And may have to win one for us today. I mean, we're talking about Vanderbilt and setting up for the National Championship Series. We still have a big game today. Yeah, and we're talking about Will Bednar – based on the Will Bednar who went out there last game. Right. But Bednar's had his rough days, too. I mean, he's he's given up some long flies. He has. And the win could be pointed out today. I think last I saw that was the discussion. So, I'll say this. This is – you're getting to the point of the tournament where I think early in the College World Series, everything was about pitching. It was a 2-1 game, one nothing game. So, you were seeing all these 3-1s. I think now we are getting to the point that even the good teams, even the Vanderbilts who have good starting pitching, everybody's arms are getting a little bit tired. Now it's time you got to hit the ball. you got to hit the ball. Today is a day that if you made me pick, I'm telling you right now we need eight runs today. And you're going to say, Charlie, that's nuts. we got Will Bednar going. we got Landon Sims going. Everybody is a little bit tired, even the guys who are elite, and it makes a difference. You got to think these guys have been on the road since last Wednesday. They've been gone a week and a half, and so when you start talking about going on the road, having roommates, you're not sleeping when you exactly want to sleep. You start talking about you know between starts, you're not in your bed, you're not in your training facility. You've been on the road. You're do, you're taking your entire operation on the road, 
And so what does that do? It opens up a Pandora's box of anything can happen. As far as trying to bounce back if you're a pitcher, of how tired you are. I remember, hey man, thirteen after two weeks of that, I was I was wiped completely out. I'm just I was just a backup radio guy. So it's just different being on the road and your your people are coming up to you wanting pictures, they're wanting autographs, and that's great. That's part of what you're doing. But it, it wears on you. It really does. Hey, big game tonight. Six o'clock. Charlie and I'll be right back for the post game rap show after the game. Hopefully we don't have, you know, something that takes us into two o'clock in the morning. And um so eight to five, the final of last night's game. And so we get you ready for the game tonight, six o'clock, Mississippi State and Texas. The winner plays Vanderbilt in the College World Series final. Of course that starts on Monday. Monday, Tuesday, if necessary on Wednesday. So I just pulled up the weather. Mm-hmm. We do not have any appreciable rain chances this evening. That's good. Which means the bottom will fall out at about 630. But here's what you've got. That wind is blowing to the south-southeast. Straight out. At 12 miles an hour. So it's the same as what we had Sunday night. Yeah. That's what you're going to see again. Maybe a little bit less. A little bit less. But it's still going to be a quote-unquote hitter's ballpark. All right, Charlie. Hey, Got a hit. Got enjoyed a hit. it as always. Thanks to our great sponsors in Bank First, Maroon and White Realty, Two Brothers Smoke Meats, and the new guys on the block, Mosquito Joes of East Central Mississippi from Jackson, Startwell, Columbus, Meridian, wherever. Mosquito Joes. Those are the professionals. Those are the guys that do it right. So appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on the Post Game Wrap.